Hello, welcome to the third season of Known. I am your long-lost host, Mandy McDonald, but I'm so very happy to be back, and I kind of apologize for being gone so long. And I say kind of because I really do wish that I could have been filling your podcast feed for the last two months, but I don't apologize for doing what I needed to do for myself and my family and the people in my real life. So before we dive into all of that, I want to say thank you to the loyal friends and listeners who have continued to show the love to me and my guests. And it's probably taboo to talk about numbers on my podcast, but I will say that the number of listeners per week has not gone down that much in my absence. That tells me that you've all continued listening and catching up, and I can't tell you how happy it makes me that these stories are being listened to all the time. And if you're new here, welcome. This is a place where you will hear stories, both happy and sad, of real people who have felt the real love of a real God. And hopefully you will hear something that you can relate to so you don't feel alone in your own story. I know I have learned more about how God moves in other people's lives through hearing these stories, and I'm glad that we are all here learning together. If you aren't following me on social media already, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. I am Known Podcast in both places. The easiest way to find all of that is my website, mandymcd.com, M-A-N-D-E-E-M-C-D.com. You can also find my Patreon, where listeners are in the know, social media, my email, and some rambling thoughts on my blog. All right, so here's the story of why Mandy went missing. It's a pretty simple one that I think you can probably relate to. So it goes without being said, but I'm saying it anyway. 2020 was a little rough. It was demanding. And I know we have addressed that many times on this show. The pandemic, politics, racial injustice, riots, on and on. It was just a lot. And I haven't really been impacted by any of those things in a special way, no more than the average American. But it was still really taking a toll, it being the year, (laughs) just really took a toll on all of us, right? So by sharing stories and addressing topics here, I was mentally and emotionally stepping into other people's stories that in a lot of ways were harder than my own life. So I say this realizing that I have it pretty good. I'm not here to tell you that some tragic thing happened to me in 2020 that's different from the rest of you. I'm just here to say, here's my story. The weight of some of these other stories kind of became heavier than I could continue to bear on my own. I didn't live these stories. The heaviness that the people who have shared on this show bear in their own lives is more than me just recording and editing and promoting and sharing their stories. I I feel the need to acknowledge that. I do not take the trust that my guests have had for me lightly. But it is a lot to process when you record, edit, and share a story. It is very important to me to handle these stories with prayer and respect and love. And some of these stories are really hard for me to move on from. And it's really hard to explain this without sounding self-focused, so I hope that you're understanding what I'm trying to say here. So anyway, by the end of 2020, I was exhausted, as I think we all were. I was feeling mentally and emotionally drained, 
And I started to realize how little I had to give to the people in my real life, the people who live in my house first. I live with my husband and our preschool-age son, and sometimes one of my stepdaughters. You've heard Madison on the show. I love them dearly and enjoy my time with them. Outside of this house, I have three more stepdaughters, three sons-in-law, and three grandsons. I have a brother and his family, a sister and her family, a church family, and more friends than I deserve. (laughs) And I appreciate them more than I show them. So anyway, the more depleted I felt, the more I saw how little I was giving to the people in my real life. I was feeling disconnected and flighty and flaky. I felt overwhelmed by my to-do list. Uh, The to-do list. I had made my own people an item on my to-do list. And then came the holidays, and I love the holidays, especially Christmas. It's my favorite. So I decided that 2020, the entire year, was going to be saved by Christmas. We had a house full of people over the holidays for a couple of weeks, and I was determined to make it epic. So you could say I overplanned, but that's what I tend to do. And as I did this overplanning, I realized I needed to let some things go. At first, that made me panic, but then I prayed about it. God showed me what was taking up most of my creativity and time, and it was the podcast, this precious community that He gave to me. And I didn't understand, like, God, why would you give this to me and then take it away? Why would he want me to let go of something that I was doing for him? But isn't that where we all often get stuck? Sometimes the things that keep us busy and distracted are good things and even godly things, but busyness and halfway doing things are not of God. So again, I'm like, God, how can you tell me to do this and put everything in place for me to do this and then tell me to take a step back? How can you give me this passion in my heart for other people's stories and then tell me to stop sharing them? And I didn't know if he meant pause or full stop, like get rid of the microphones, full stop. And that made it even scarier. And I know myself. I know that if I lose momentum and stop doing something that has become kind of routine for me, then I'm not going back. (laughs) It's really hard for me to start something back up again. You can ask all of the exercise equipment in my basement. I become easily distracted and get excited about the next shiny thing. So the idea of letting something go is a little scary for me. And a side note here, that's how I've known all along that this podcast was God's. I have been, up until now, I have been way too consistent for this to be something of my own doing. So, not knowing what would happen if I took the risk of stopping, I stopped. And I still didn't know if it was a break or if I was quitting. And I didn't want to use the word quit. Not too long ago, I heard Beth Moore, everyone's spiritual mama, say, if you quit, the devil wins, and I did not want the devil to win, and that's all I could think of. Quitters never win. You quit everything you start, Mandy. God gave you this, and now you're just going to quit on him. These are the things that I was saying to myself as I am stopping. (laughs) Now I know that these messages were not all from God, and Beth Moore did not mean, Mandy, if you quit making a podcast, the devil wins, and nobody else will ever turn to Jesus again. Her message really meant... 
that if I quit running towards Jesus in whatever form that takes throughout my life, then I am letting Satan win. Do I think God cares about this podcast? Yes. Do I think anyone's salvation depends on me and this podcast? No. God is bigger than me. God is bigger than this podcast. But the devil was trying to tell me different. So back to me stopping. When I stopped was when I realized the pride, yeah, the pride that I had invested in this podcast, the number of listeners, the number of new and retained followers on social media. If you don't have a business account on social media, then let me just tell you, (laughs) they give you way too many insights for somebody who is doing this as a mission doing this for God. I'm not trying to make money and build followers, but those insights, they kept showing up and telling me where I was succeeding and failing. And that's where I was getting a lot of my definition from. I was looking at the number of likes and shares and comments, the number of people who told me they loved that I was doing a podcast, and it all started to matter way too much. When I stopped checking the numbers, I realized how important they were to me. I had gone from doing it all for God. I said from the start, if just one person knows God more because of this podcast, then it is successful. And I realized I had moved to a place of doing it for my own ego. Why aren't my numbers growing as much as I want them to? I was comparing myself to other podcasts, other Christian influencers, and I hate that term, by the way. I could feel envy creeping in, and that is really hard to admit to y'all. I do want to say, I still felt called by God to share every single story that I have shared. I still saw Him in every single story and in every heart I was trusted with, but I was also seeing my successes and failures a lot more too. So this pause that I have taken has revealed a lot to me. The joy of caring for my family. I had forgotten the joy and the peace and just caring for my family, the peace in resting in the Lord, not peace, well, sometimes peace, sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix, but the real peace of resting in the Lord, knowing God is taking care of me and taking care of everything that I think I'm taking care of. So much peace, the treasure of deep friendships. Now, I know that's something we've probably all (laughs) come to appreciate more and really miss during the pandemic and and isolation and quarantine and whatever else you want to call all of it, that community and the value of community in the flesh, those people who are truly in your life, who you see eye to eye, face to face, although that one's a little harder right now too. I've also learned the value of this podcast in spite of me. The joy of doing what God has called me to do, the sacrifice of offering my time and energy to be used by God, the beauty in learning something about my weaknesses so that I can fully rely on God's goodness to complete the work. So, over the last couple of months, (laughs) these are not all things that have just switched on and started working in my brain. These are things that God has just revealed to me over time. So I want to share with you four pitfalls in following your calling that have affected me. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. The devil is craftier than that. He's going to try to find the ways that work against you. 
So these are the four that have worked against me and the four things that I have found. Number one, being busy. Number two, being burnout. Number three, being proud. And number four, being afraid. So the first one, busyness. You've probably heard the adage, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You can choose some real garbage things to fill your time with, but you can also choose really good things like family, friends, work, church, volunteering, art, baking. There are so many things that I can fill my time with, but I can also become too busy with my calling to take care of the things that I need to be taking care of. So when I started neglecting my responsibilities, I was too busy. My priorities were out of line and I was spread too thin. I was trying to do too many things in 24 hours than could fit in 24 hours than I could fit in 24 hours. And I'll get to this more later, but I could look around at other people and think, well, they're doing it all. They're doing more than I am. They have more kids than I do. Their house stays cleaner than mine. They cook more meals than I cook. They speak at more places than I speak. They have three podcasts and I only have one. They're doing it all. And that's where I got busier and busier because I was looking at all the busy things that everyone else was doing without looking at the help that they have to do it all or the resources in general that they have. So the next pitfall for me was burnout. Have you ever tried to drive a car with an empty gas tank? It doesn't work. It won't go. Have you ever run out of gas while you're driving? I'm a little embarrassed to tell you that I have, (laughs) maybe more than once, but I remember a time in college, remember how I said I'm easily distracted, that I was driving my Mazda Navajo. (laughs) Do you remember those? It had a moonroof that you cranked up. It was very fancy. Oh, and a car phone, like a literal phone attached to the car with a little antenna on the back window. Anyway, we called it the Navi. I'm driving the Navi. Haven't checked the gas gauge in, I don't know how long, a while, obviously. And all of a sudden, my car starts to sputter and lurch. And I'm like, what is happening? And finally, it just stops. It turns off. By the grace of God, I coasted literally into a gas station. Tried to start it. It would not start. And then I realized, oh, I should probably put gas in this thing. No matter how much I wanted to keep driving, it would not go. It will not even start until I filled up my tank. And that's what I was doing to myself. I was trying to keep pushing through, hoping my tank would just fill itself. I'm not stopping to fill this thing up. It's just got to keep going. And it doesn't work that way. I wasn't taking care of myself the way I needed to. I was trying to just do enough for everyone I love and just enough for this podcast and not much for myself. And really, it wasn't for God anymore. I needed some spiritual focus. I needed physical exercise. I needed emotional support, but I wasn't leaving time for any of it. I needed balance. Sometimes you've got to stop spinning all the plates. You've got to drop them before you can balance them again. And that's exactly where I was. All right, the next pitfall is pride. And I don't like talking about this one because, well, I'm proud. (laughs) It's hard. I've addressed it before in my life. The last time I was at the point of burnout. In fact, it was when I was first starting this podcast. Things were going great for this newbie podcaster. I was learning well. I was meeting new people who were willing to trust me with their stories. 
I was producing this podcast weekly, and I felt really good about it. I was also volunteering as a Bible study teacher in a children's group. I was teaching art classes. I was taking care of my home. I was hosting an if table every month. I was doing a lot of really good things, and they all mattered to me. But I was also crying a lot and wanting to sleep a lot. I was exhausted, but what could I do? I needed to do all of these things on top of my responsibility as a wife and mother and friend. So I took the advice of some people I really trust in my life and went to a therapist, which, by the way, I think we should all do often. And she said, I needed to quit something. I said, what? (laughs) None of these things are bad. How am I supposed to quit? And what would I, what would they do without me? What if I did quit? Like, what's going to happen if I'm not there to do these things? She asked me a question that kind of hit me right between the eyes. And she said, why do you think God can't handle that Bible study without you? (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't say that. Of course he can. She said, do you think it's pride? Do you think you're the only person who can do these things? Again, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not a prideful person, and I'm really proud that I'm not. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, so apparently hmm, pride is a driving force in my life. I have to do these things, because if I don't, who will? God needs me. I was wrong. God wants me. He wants to use me, but he doesn't need me to get these things done. So, Again, I find myself about a year and a half later in the same position of, I got to do these things because I am me (laughs) and people need me. I was looking at it the wrong way. So the last one, fear, kind of goes along with pride. Maybe all these go together, don't they? But I have a fear of failure. It has stopped me in the past from trying new things that I wanted to do but I didn't want to fail. Um, In fact, one of my first memories of letting fear guide me happened when I was only eight years old. And now looking back, it's kind of a silly story and trivial and in the grand scheme doesn't really matter, except that it was very revealing to me at a young age what fear can do. So my family didn't have a lot of extra money. If we went on vacation or did anything extra, it was... um, because my mom or dad or both decided to save up a lot of money for us to do it. So my family saved up money for a trip to Six Flags. My brother and sister, who are a good bit older than me, and I all got to bring a friend with us. I had never been on a roller coaster or any other thrill ride before, and I still wasn't really tall enough for most of them. I was a very small child. But my friend Rebecca and I spent the day riding all of the kid rides, playing all the games, eating junk food, It was really fun. We had a great time. So at the end of the day, it's starting to get dark. We come to a kiddie coaster, basically. It was a mini roller coaster. But it looked really big and scary to me as this tiny eight-year-old who had never ridden anything like that. So my big sister offered to ride with me, but I was still too afraid and said no. So Tracy, my sister, and Rebecca, my friend, rode together. And I remember clearly, like I'm remembering a movie, watching them ride around on that little coaster, 
screaming with delight and smiling and laughing as they got off. And I immediately felt regret that I had let fear make that decision for me. I was sad that I wasn't braver. I was sad that I didn't experience that with my sister, but I was still too scared and (laughs) just dawned on me now, maybe too proud to say I wanted to ride too. My my sister would have gotten back in line with me and ridden again, but I was afraid and I was too proud to admit that I wanted, that I changed my mind. So anyway, I remember leaving the park after that and being upset with myself for being afraid. I thought about missing out on that ride over and over again for years, multiple times. And I always had a strong emotional reaction to the fact that I let that irrational fear, there wasn't real danger there or my parents would not have allowed it. I let irrational fear choose for me. And there have been many times in my life with much higher consequences that I have let fear choose for me. And kind of on the other end of the fear spectrum, I have an intense fear of missing out. So I do things sometimes, not because I really want to do them or need to do them, but because I don't want to miss out. Hence the position I often find myself in, (laughs) doing too many things because I don't want to miss out, and then not doing the big important things because I let fear paralyze me. If I think I won't be successful, I quit before I fail, or I never even try. So this time, fear was telling me that I was failing as a podcaster. Not one person ever told me that. Nobody ever said, you're failing. No one ever defined what failure was for a podcaster. I'm not even sure I have my own definition of what failing as a podcaster looks like, but I was still afraid of failing, and I still am to a certain extent. And that is where faith has to come in. I have to believe that there are things God is doing with these stories that I may never even see. I have to remember why I started this, what my goals were at the beginning. My goal wasn't to grow in numbers. My goal was to share stories that give people hope, to make them feel known, and to help them know God more. I've never felt that wasn't happening. So... How do I deal with these pitfalls? I've given you all these horrible negative things. (laughs) This is my personal list, and these are the things that work for me and how I understand my own personality and motivations. And while I'm thinking about it, I want to hear your pitfalls, and I want to hear the things that work for you. So find me on social media, comment, email me if you need to, but I want to hear these things because I want to feel known by you also. I want to feel that I'm not alone in this story. All right, so the first pitfall I talked about was busyness. So I'm going to go ahead and admit right now, boldly, (laughs) I am not type A at all. In fact, I really need some type A in my life so I can be a little more organized And I know so many people who love making a list so they can mark it off. I will say, I do love to check something off of my list, but I hate looking at my undone list because it just reminds me how often I leave things undone. I feel overwhelmed with things I have to do, so I would rather make a list of things I get to do, like a bucket list. That kind of list is fun for me. So for me, what works is making a top three list for the day, just the three top things that have to be done. And I have a separate list of all the other things that need to be done at some point. But every day I have to have my top three, more than three, and I feel overwhelmed. 
So I make my top three list. And then if I'm feeling productive, which I usually am if I just bite the bullet and do the things on my list, then I go to the other list and start doing more things. And I do feel very proud of myself when I accomplish those three goals and keep going. So pretty often, usually monthly, but sometimes weekly, even daily, I make a list of things that are most important to me. So for me, that's being a mom and a wife, it's mentoring younger women, and it's investing in my friendships. So if those three things are not being taken care of, then I cannot make time for other things. So that includes social media, this podcast, art, which also falls under self-care, but I'll get to that. This sounds like I really have a handle on this. Like I have a system that's really working for me, but it's definitely a cyclical process. That's how I make it work for me. I have to revisit and reevaluate over and over. Like I said, sometimes weekly or daily for myself. So once the first layer of priorities are handled, I can move on to the next, like having a lovely decorated home, this podcast, baking extra things for fun, volunteering, and some of these things fall into a self-care category for me as well. So in a nutshell, I tackle busyness with prioritizing, doing what I can, and letting go of the things that just cannot get done. All right, so burnout is next. The key for me with burnout is balance. And that was, if you've listened, you know I have a word of the year every year. And that's part of my word from last year. Balance and simplicity kind of went under, were like subtitles for me. (laughs) My word last year was sanctuary. And balance and simplicity kept coming to mind also. So I think this is kind of where I figured those things out. So there are some things that just have to be done. I have to feed my family. I have to keep my child safe and healthy. There are certainly some days when I watch TV while Blake is at school, and then we play video games when he gets home, and I pick up Chick-fil-A for dinner. But you know what? My kid is fed and safe and healthy, and that's what I could do that day. So I've had to learn my own signs of burnout. The first most obvious sign is crying. (laughs) I'm a crier anyway, like Publix commercials, they totally get me every time. But when I like angry cry or, you know, cry at things that I normally wouldn't cry about, I know something's up. I stop caring about things I normally enjoy and I turn inward. Some people call this getting in my head. I'm a very extroverted person. Obviously, I like to talk. So when I start just really overthinking and not saying things out loud, I know I'm starting to get burnout. I know it's time to put something down for a little bit. So since I've practiced prioritizing when dealing with busyness, I know which things those are. I already have my priorities set. I know what has to go first, and I can let it go for a little while. I think it's important for me to say out loud, I am not a mental health professional, but I do recognize that there comes a point for some people when they are so burnt out that they do have to put everything down and ask for help. So if you find yourself there, and I'm telling you now that I promise if I find myself there, we're going to reach out for help. We're going to tell the people we love that we need help, and we're going to seek professional help if we need it. So in this balance of taking care of others and taking care of myself, I have found that there are things that I need to be the best Christ follower, wife, mother, friend, and servant that I can be. So self-care is a really trendy term on social media right now. And sometimes I see self-care out there 
that doesn't look appealing to me or practical for my life. I would love to head out to a spa in the middle of nowhere for a week and be pampered, but that's not happening for me right now. So for me, self-care means being in scripture, number one, getting some physical exercise several times a week, which it's so hard to get started, isn't it? But when I do, I totally see the benefits of it. Again, why do I ever quit? I don't know. Okay, so another one for me is having a creative outlet of some sort. Painting is my favorite. Um, I love to bake. I love baking shows, (laughs) y'all. All of them. Food Network, love it. Great British baking show, love it. So I've really enjoyed trying some of the recipes I've seen and making beautiful cakes. And anyway, side note. Um, I also enjoy writing and, of course, spending quality time with my friends and family. I must have some of these things in my life to fill my tank. And it may look different from you, and that's fine, because we're all different people with different needs and different personalities. So another thing for me that is self-care is saying no when I don't have the emotional or mental resources to do something. There are times when I want to say no but I should say yes. In other words, is there something that somebody is asking me to do that I do have the time and energy for? I just don't feel like it. That's a time that I should probably practice something called self-sacrifice and be a member of a family, (laughs) whether that's your actual family in your home, your church community, your kid's school. If there's something that you do have the resources for and you're asked, sometimes you do need to say yes. But if somebody is asking you to do something that you don't have the emotional, spiritual, mental, physical capacity to do, then you need to be saying no to it and somebody else can handle it. That's called balance. All right, so pride. I said I don't like talking a bit about this one, but here we are. So I've now admitted to myself and now out loud to all of you <laughs> that I have a pride issue. But you know what? You probably do too because we are people and people are typically self-centered, and prideful. So how do we deal with pride? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I think it's just a constant check. Um, What's my motivation for doing this thing? Do I want attention and glory for it? Do I want to be a martyr? Do I think I can do it better than anyone else? See, this is so tricky because God does ask us to do things he has equipped us for, but for his glory and not for our own. So when there's something I feel confident in doing, does that mean I feel prideful? It's kind of a fine line. When there's something I say yes to because it sounds like fun and I really want to, am I not sacrificing enough for God? I seriously ask myself these questions, you guys. (laughs) Then there's comparison. So I follow a lot of other Christian podcasters on social media to learn from them, to support them, but then I end up comparing myself to them. Does that mean I need to stop following them? Sometimes yes, but sometimes it also means that I need to check my own heart. Thank you, John Christ, for getting that saying stuck in my head. I have to ask myself, what is my focus here? Is my focus the job that God has trusted me with, or is my focus the glory that is coming back to me because of it? There's also something called imposter syndrome. Do you know (laughs) that every time I call myself a podcaster or an artist, I choke on the words a little bit? Why? I record, edit, and produce a podcast that is listened to by other people. Does that make one a podcaster? It does. Um, I put pen and pencil and paintbrush to paper and create things from my heart. Does that make one an artist? 
I would say so. So why do I feel like a phony? Because pride. (laughs) Here's how I see it. Anytime I'm thinking of myself more than the work I'm putting out there, or more importantly, the consumer of that work, or most importantly, the creator himself, I am being prideful. I'm thinking of myself before others and before God. So the best way I know to battle my own pride is to keep refocusing on scripture. I have to study daily. I need his word alive, his living word alive in me every single day, or I forget what it says. My memory is so short when it comes to what is truth. I can remember all the lyrics to Ice Ice Baby. (laughs) You probably can too if you're close to my age, but I forget who God says I am. Why? Why do we forget so easily? So I battle pride with scripture. I must remember who he is and who he says I am before what I even have to say about myself. So the last one that I talked about is fear. Another one that I prefer to avoid. If you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm a seven. (laughs) I would rather avoid all the negative feelings and just get right to the fun, but we see where that tends to get me. So scripture, again, tells me what I need to know about fear. And one of my favorite scriptures is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. I do love love, and I think it's because love covers a multitude of sins. That's in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. So how do I practically use love to drive out fear? Well, when I start to feel afraid that I'm failing, I try to refocus on the love that motivates my decision to keep going or to let something go. For instance, I keep going with this podcast because I love God and I love others. I love what God has done for me in my own life. He has greatly redeemed me and brought me closer and closer to Him. And I want to share that feeling, that experience with others. I want you to feel the depth of love and grace and mercy and His redeeming powers. When I think about that, my passion and my tenacity is ignited, and I'm ready to face the hard parts of this job with love instead of fear. When I'm thinking about followers and numbers and listeners and how does my voice sound, then I'm tackling this job with fear and not with love. When I think about His love for me and for you, I cannot help but use these gifts and these talents He has equipped me with to throw that love around like confetti. (laughs) I want it everywhere. I heard Jenny Allen use the image of a flamethrower to describe discipleship. When you are that full of God's love, you cannot help but shoot it as far and as wide as you can. And there's no fear in that. There's no pride in that because it's not about you. There's no getting burnout or too busy when you're that much on fire for God and that excited about His love for people. So that was a lot of words to tell you. I don't have all the answers for you, but I sure want you to hear honesty from me. I can't continue to expect people to spill their guts on this podcast and not be sincere and open with all of you myself. So here's where I've been failing. (laughs) Here's where I've been struggling. Here's where I've been. And here are things that I am discovering that God is revealing to me that I can do to get out of that rut. Well, there's still a lot more 
to my story, a lot more to my story. It's a long one. It's coming. But here's where I am right now. Here's what my heart looks like right now. And I am so grateful to God for His providence over these last few months, showing me what I needed to pay attention to, taking care of things that I wasn't taking care of, providing friends and even strangers to speak into my life. And it's still a work in progress. I'm still figuring out all of the pieces, but I'm ready to get back to this work now. And I'm so glad that you are here with me. So here goes season three of Known. (laughs) I've got a few guests lined up already, and I know you will gain so much from hearing them. I'm praying for you to feel that balance only God can provide. And I'm praying for all of us to have a healthy and happy 2021 with tons of spiritual growth and clarity. Doesn't that sound good? So thanks for hanging in there with me. And hey, Lent has already started. That means Easter is coming. Can you believe that it is that time of year again? It's been a long year, but a blur all at once. So here we are back at Easter. My friends who are already in the know are working through 40 steps to Lent with me right now. And what that means is every day is another step towards the cross, towards the empty tomb. So one thing at a time, we are addressing, we're thinking about, we're praying about, we're working through so that by the time Easter gets here, we are ready to fully celebrate the glory of the resurrection of Jesus. You can join us too by heading to my Patreon page. And the easiest way to find that is clicking the link in my bio on Instagram or heading to mandymcd.com. And clicking through there, there's also a link in show notes for it. And I just can't tell you how much it means to me that there are actual people out there (laughs) who are willing to support this podcast with their very own dollars. I don't have advertisers, so you don't ever hear any commercials on this podcast. I chose to do this as a ministry, not to make money for myself, but there are some financial costs to producing a podcast, and your support on Patreon helps me cover those. If you aren't familiar with what Patreon is, it's basically a subscription to me. (laughs) Um, I have a few tiers to choose from. All of my supporters at the $5 level receive a monthly Bible study or devotion written by me. And there are some tiers that go up from there with extra goodies like books and art. But I just have to tell you, I am overwhelmed with gratitude every time I see a new supporter pop up. Like, I just cannot believe that I get to do this. It's, It's pretty amazing. So another fabulous and valuable way you can support me is by subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you go to Apple Podcasts, which, looking at numbers, is where most of you listen, giving a five-star rating and a review, just a quick blurb about why you like to listen, is really valuable in helping other people find the show and know if these stories are right for them. And then finally, on social media save posts, share posts, comment, and like. All these things help more and more people see the posts, and I'm sure you've heard of the algorithm. I try not to pay too much attention to the algorithm, but I know it exists, and I know that in order for people to see posts on social media, other people interacting with them is is very important. And so in that order, saving, sharing, commenting, and liking, that helps other people find these stories and hear this podcast. Again, this is my ministry. I'm not trying to gain followers for financial gain, but the more people 
who see those posts, the more people will feel known and get to know God more. And while you are on social media media commenting, I want to hear from you about your pitfalls. I shared my four, busyness, burnout, pride, and fear. What are yours? What can you add to the list and how do you deal with it? And if you experience the same ones that I do, I would love to hear how you deal with them. Because any tool that we can give to each other to get through this fallen, broken, messed up world, the better off we're all going to be. And the better we are personally, the better we can help each other. So please reach out and let me hear from you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and for being here and for being part of this work that God is doing that I get to be part of. And as I always have, I'm going to leave you with a blessing this season. This time it comes from Matthew 5, and it's also known as the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you.